the thing is, it's Gareth, and I feel like I've been really clear. Thanks for the name change, Dave. What are you going to do? Why do you guys have so many 7-Elevens? Oh, okay. All right, good. So, good. Good, Dave. All right. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Oh. Oh boy. Um, um, uh, that's my accent. It's not good. It's classic Australian. It's offensive. It's not offensive. They're it very offensive. happy that I try to do an no, appropriate Australian accent. Nope. It is also Don't very similar right. nope. to the Kiwi accent. <laughs> and how, the, how are you? And your English accent. I like your marsupials. <laughs> It took a long time for me to know what word that was going to be. Platypus! Platypus! <laughs> Jesus, David. It has a beak. But Does it have a beak? It's not a duck. Does it have a bill? Uh, is it a bill? Oh. Hey, guess what? Same fucking thing. <laughs> I wish Same I could say that shit thing. more. We should, because uh, we, didn't, we didn't record the part yesterday where we talked about our hero. Or the train. You mean, uh, oh, okay. Was anybody at the podcast yesterday? How uh, many, well, it's the how, same how many, story, so. How many people have been to my uh, one man show, Hot Hit? <laughs> right. How many haven't? Yeah, yeah go fuck yourself. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart. Came all the way over here. It's like 19,000 miles to fly. And don't. Yeah, hate. I know, right? Don't. It's tough. Straight up it's to be on a plane. You giving me a little bit of something. All right. Gary's half as funny as me. Wait a second. That's funny. I do all the work. Yeah. Well, that part's true. We're on the train. We're on the train. And uh, tram, whatever you want to call it. It's like the beak bill thing. And there's a guy, and I'm standing talking to uh, Gary. Gareth? And, uh, and there's a guy behind Gary, and he Gareth. has a... He has a box of, of uh, straws. A big box of straws. He so was, he's, he's got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, uh, excuse me, uh, pardon me. And I go, oh, scoot aside, Gary. And, uh, and the guy gets off and he walks off the tram and he turns around and he says... As the doors are closing, he just looks at us and he goes, oofty goofty. <laughs> I just want to make sure we got that recorded so that guy knows the impact that he made because for like uh, the rest that, of the ride, I was like, that dude's fucking awesome. Like legend! He, like legend, it was like, mate! Like it was like a badass line where he's like, oofty goofty. Yeah. He knew he was saying the coolest thing ever. Like he uh, just... Fucking great guy. All right. My so, new best friend. Uh, today's guest, who will be leaving us halfway through... Because she has to go do a uh, more important show. Literally more important. Uh, <laughs> you guys feel good about that? She's a, she's a television star. Star of television. She has a uh, one-person show that uh, uh, has been recycled this year from last year. <laughs> and uh, I told her I'd go see it. And she held the ticket yesterday and I didn't go. So fuck it. Uh, great ladies and man, gentlemen. See ya, Maguire! Is the best introduction I have ever had. Thank you. Amazing.
amazing. Thank that you, was right? lovely. That's yeah. so nice. <laughs> So wonderful. Yeah. Dave's really and got go a warm fuck heart. yourself, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Welcome. Um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now this is right where is it's, this, ab- it's about to this, start. He's okay, going right. to say a date. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, I do. You're going to say a date. You're September 6th. Exactly. 1861. <laughs> is that what normally happens? Do you cheer? <laughs> Woo! William, <laughs> William Lane was born in Bristol, England. The eldest of five sons was, and one daughter. So they, you know, sorry, real daughter. quick. His name was William, but they called him Bill, and you called him Beak. <laughs> wow. Just for the record. Is uh, this? Thanks for, I, I, thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> Any ground rules? Is this us heckling him while he does? Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever it could turn into. Yeah, we don't know. Funny. And totally this is an Australian, and you're doing an Australian history well, we story. We don't know yet. Oh, we do don't we? know. Okay. No, you said you, you said we were. <laughs> okay, sorry, Bill. His Bill father, <laughs> James Lane, was an Irish Protestant, and his mother, Caroline, was English. <clears throat> so weird. Okay. The father was a landscape gardener who, at the peak of his career, employed twenty men, but. William's father also conducted his business affairs at the local pub. Nice. And soon ruined the family. So it is an Australian one. Okay, got it. <laughs> it's confirmed. See, I, <laughs> see, I feel like because Australians, we get a we get a visa to go back to to the UK. We're yeah. we're just allowed, and like in the UK, there's a lot of bit of anti-Australian sentiment. Would you feel that's right? It's like oh, fuck it, another Australian. But I feel like it's 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 we're all it's all Australians are born with this inbuilt thing to go back to the UK, like going back to a pub that kicked you out. <laughs> you just want to turn up back and go, hey, fuckface, remember me? Yeah. Guess what? I'm back. Being American is like easy because everybody likes us. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's like jealous and shit. <laughs> William promised his mother that he would never drink. Never, ever, 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 ever. So he's going to drink. Okay. His mom died when he was 14, as happens in every dollar. <laughs> yeah. So ripe old age. A teacher gave William enough money to leave home and work his passage to Canada it's a different time when if your parents died, someone just gave you money and went, hey, go to another country, dude. You're 14. Buck up. You're 14. Time to settle down. Get some grandkids. <laughs> the captain of William's ship took a liking to him, and at Montreal, he was allowed to live on board until he found a place to actually live. So he got to live on a ship. Seems to be what happens it's here. a little weird. Yeah. Soon after his arrival, William took ill and was admitted to the hospital. An orthopedic surgeon at the hospital noticed he had a club foot. Hang on. Eh? What's that? It's a great bar. (laughs) (laughs) Is a club foot like missing toes or is it like... Yeah, it's like a... A big foot. In my head, it's a big foot. I think it's both. I think it's a... a, You are missing toes, but it's larger and... uh, It's a shitty foot. It's a shitty foot. Anybody? It's a real shitty foot. Anybody have a club foot that can explain this to us? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that guy's going to pipe Isn't a doctor up. going, and I'm so sorry, your foot is sh- club. Let's just say that. Medically speaking, you have a shitty foot. <laughs> I had a friend who had a club foot as a kid, and it was just like a big uh, lump. Bigger, bigger, uh, like big a lump, lump foot. foot. A lump That's foot amazing. To find a way to make feet more gross yeah. is incredible to me. All right. One big foot. Got it. 
Um, uh, okay, so uh, the doctor offered to operate free of charge. The operate, operation improved the foot, but did not cure his lameness, and he was a limpy man. Lame. Lame limper. Lameness, so he's just not cool. Yeah, he was like a... They don't have a medicine fucking for Fucking lame-ass dude. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're still lame, though, bro. In 1884, he met and married Anne McGuire, a 19-year-old girl from Detroit. Ooh, cool. Yeah. yeah, right? It's, it's very exotic. Yeah. In 1885, the Lanes set sail for England with their newly born daughter, but did not remain there long. William's 19-year-old brother, John, was about to follow two younger brothers, Frank and Ernest, who had emigrated to Australia the year before. Soon after his arrival in Brisbane... Yeah! I don't know, not from what I've heard... And on June 29th, 1885, Lane confided to his brother that he hoped one day to establish a communist colony. Ooh. All right. Just classic 24-year-old stuff. Yeah, yeah. You hit 24, you're like, man, I want to start a col- communist colony. Yeah. Seeing my buddies, we get together, we'll just be communists. Lane was a freelance contributor to the Brisbane Inquirer and Telegraph and the author of Labor Notes in The Observer. He quickly became one of the most widely read journalists. Quote, wherever there was an overcrowded slum or a case of sweated labor, William Lane would ferret it out and hold it up to public scorn, those who were responsible for such evil conditions. There we go. This won him the confidence of the working class. It was his firm conviction that if capitalism and the wage systems were utterly abolished and a state established in accordance with socialist theories, envy, hatred, malice and uncharitableness would disappear from the earth. Crime would be no more. Communism. (laughs) And if anyone who's been to Brisbane know that that works. That really works. (laughs) The limping reporter with a Jesus. Yeah. That should be a show. Here he comes. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he can't like chase the interview down. He's like, slow down. Fuck my fucking leg. I'm going in circles. I've got shit foot, medically speaking. Oh, shit foot. Uh, On another episode of shit foot. (laughs) (laughs) Is shit foot just Bigfoot's younger brother? Like, no. And he is real. They're like, we got it. He's right here. Old shit foot. Uh, he had a slight Yankee twang, and he soon became an influential figure in the center of trade unionism in Queensland. That's where Brisbane is, up north? Yes. Queensland. Love yeah. it. I'm so glad you asked me about that and not about trade unions. I was like, please don't ask me. <clears throat> yes. In 1887, Lane founded a Bellamy Society. Oh, fuck that. I'm going to read past that. Okay, wait. The Bellamy Society was devoted... Because to wait, be what honest, just happened? Far, like the episodes well, that I've crazy. been listening to... Let's just stop for a second. Like, coming in, I've been back up, and I've listened to fires under cities yeah. and half-dead chickens running around forever, and I'm getting fucking trade unions. To, I don't know how to... Oh, oh sweet Celia. This will board. take a turn. Why? The, this this <laughs> will go south. Something's going to fucking we're happen. <laughs> he's going to start drinking so or something <laughs> fucking crazy, and he's going to, like... So Reporter yeah. with a big foot. I'm yeah. like, okay. Before the chicken lost his head, you heard the history of chickens for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry. Continue. <laughs> and then you just had a gurgling beast. 
<laughs> All right. The Bellamy Society was devoted to the discussion of ideas being put forward in America by Edward Bellamy, the author of the, author of the utopian romance Looking Backwards. In this immensely popular book, a young man was treated for insomnia by a hypnotist and woke up in the year 2000 to find America transformed by socialism. <laughs> Just what the Republicans feared. Exactly. And anyone who's been it's, to America knows yeah. that that works. That <laughs> totally happened. Yep. Uh, his weekly pa- paper, The Boomerang. You guys are so. That's <laughs> uh, uh, amazing. Coming back at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was an instant success with crusading articles about medical quackery, prostitution, the city jail, class distinction, and Brisbane's grammar school, and the yellow peril. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, what's the... No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'll tell you. His first article in a series about the Chinese population of Queensland was headed... (laughs) Come on. Come on, you know. So that paper's called the Boomer Wang. (laughs) Was titled, Sunday Night in a Chinese Gambling Hell. (laughs) Quote... Quote, Sunday night in Chinatown in the hideous plague spot that is spreading like a canker over the old frog's hollow district. And what that will yet rot our whole society if it not be cut remorselessly out. Lane's second article dealt with the opium smoking in Brisbane. I want to kick the lamp over and burn down this joint and all the other joints with and with it every one of these yellow devils who with mask-like faces and fawning guys and patient plotting ways and superb organization. He gave him that, which is sweet. You yellow devils know how to organize. They have come here and rooted themselves here and brought with them all their virtues and all their vices who threaten us with a frightful habit which will wreck the manliness of our men and the womanliness of our women and will bury our nationality in a deadly slaw of sloth and deceit and filth and immoralities from which the vigorous white man now shrinks in horror. You guys don't like Chinese people. <laughs> Was that in the newspaper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good paper. Yeah, that was in one of your that was in one of your great great newspapers. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, well, uh, it was under I the op You, you did give everybody a Rupert Murdoch. I did. I'm sorry. Fair. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. What, is that a supporter of Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> a lone supporter. He's my uncle. <laughs> Uh, Lane believed that the factory worker was the rightful owner of the factory and that the legal owners of all forms of property were robbing the manual workers of their dues. In 18... (laughs) Good luck with that. In 1890, Queensland, there was trouble between the sheep farmers and their labor force, the unionized shearers. Oh, wow. Who went on strike. I love that there's guys cutting sheep. They're like, we're not cutting sheep anymore. What are you going to do? Let them grow? That'll be really, really hot. Fuck yeah. Watch how hairy these sheep get. (laughs) Then we'll see who's... We have nothing. We have no... We don't have a club foot to stand on in this one. So the union shearers uh, went on strike, and their places were taken by non-unionists from Melbourne. Oh, no. Melbourne people... Well done, you cunts! (laughs) (laughs) Did did the Melbourne people just cut, like, half their hair and then, like, sweep the rest of it over into... (laughs) 
And so just to be clear, Dave, you're still going to be using cunt on the podcast? Yep. Oh, okay. right. I just said the other day we should stop using saying cunt. Yeah. Uh, we. I say it. <laughs> okay, me. <laughs> the okay, wharf good. La- I can get behind yep. this. So Melbourne yep. people went up to cut uh, and the wharf, sheep. The wharf laborers union stated they would handle no wool shorn by, quote, black legs, also known as scabs, and declared a strike. Next, the merchant marine joined the movement, and then the coal miners of Newcastle refused to process coal. A general strike was on and in full force, and industries were paralyzed from August until October 1890. The Brisbane Telegraph called William Lane the man behind the curtain and said Lane was a real criminal. The legislative... the Legislative Assembly, uh, he was described as this arch fiend who stands behind the men. Hmm. <laughs> I love that they, one. They took it harder this to the Chinese. This son of a bitch is behind the common guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, everyone eventually had to go back to work or starve. The unions were defeated. Oh, good. Oh. Nice job. Nice job, everybody. The sheep are just too damn hairy. <laughs> Uh, then they con- then they went and they started uh, getting parliamentary representation, running their own people, and the Labour Party emerged. All right. Well, hello, hello. How are you? Uh, <laughs> some guy just said sorry. Uh, during his time, I'm of sorry. Writing- I'm representing our country in this, by the way. I'm not very smart. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You are doing very well. You're doing very well. So sweet. That was such a nice... I never had a positive heck of a voice. Yeah. Was... When I say something like that, they're just like, Gary. No, 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 no. No, it's Garrett. It is Garrett. Yeah. Our intermission's over. Flash the lights. William Lane often <laughs> talked about establishing a cooperative commune either in Australia or abroad. He wrote, The argument is that if socialism is shown to be practical, it will set such an example and incite such determination in other states that a worldwide revolution will be brought about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And the Chinese will be dead. <laughs> On May 2nd, 1891, a socialist newspaper announced that the new Australian Settlement Association was to visit South America and negotiate with the Argentine government for settlement of a cooperative community of agriculturists and wool growers. The chairman was William Lane. What? Yep. William Lane went to Argentina to talk about our sheep? Oh, he wasn't talking. He was He's getting ready fighting. to move. He's moving. Going to Argentina. Membership of the new Australian Cooperative Settlement Association rose steadily into the hundreds as organizers moved from town to town recruiting. Upon joining the association, each male member agreed to contribute all the capital he possessed, not to be less than 60 pounds, which was a lot of money, so people were selling their houses to join the new settlement movement. Right. Yeah, people went out of Australia. Is that, that's why? They just wanted to get the fuck out of here They want to go start a communist... uh, place in country it's in, a, in another country sure sure and shear the sheep and no chinese you look confused you look confused uh yeah <laughs> i wish but, i could say but, this is a but, safe place but i'm doing very well but yeah that's true I'm still waiting for a so, headless ticket. So, it's all still very... It's, it's the build. It's the up to... The, okay, we're going to go down okay. on the coaster in no time. Okay, so he's gone now. So he's gone to Argentina. Well, Good not, for him. Fuck off. We don't want you anyway. Right, hey, Fuck hey, off out of that. Hey, this is one of your people. He 
this, this guy that. basically this started the labor party. All right. Okay. The basis for communal organization stated there will be communal ownership of all the means of production and distribution, communal conduct of production and distribution, communal maintenance of children. Whoa. What? Everybody oh took care of the kids. There were no parents. Everybody's just like, yeah, I guess they're all... Everyone's ours. your dad. <laughs> Surplus wealth would be divided equally among all adult members. Members, wives, and single women would rank as members equally with men, but unlike men, they would not be required to pay any contribution. Woo! Those are like... <laughs> you say that. Actually, I like that. That's pretty sweet, too. Those are, like, sweet too? those are like swinger party rules. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the first thing I thought was like, they're all going to be fucking. Like, <laughs> there's just some... We share everything here, share right, everything. Helen? <laughs> Don't we, Helen? <laughs> Wow. And of course, yep. um, like any communist country, Get ready. membership would be denied to anyone not knowing English, any person of color. Okay. Including any married to persons of color, any living together otherwise than in lawful marriage, anyone of questionable reputation, and anyone who didn't really like the labor movement. <laughs> We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> okay. As far as the liquor question, <laughs> Helen. membership <laughs> members shall pledge themselves to teetotalism. Oh, I hate them. <laughs> Wait, what's the teetotalism? Worst. No drinking. Oh, okay. See, Just I love tea? that you don't even know what that word is. That's yeah. great. Teetotalism. Nobody will be eligible for the pioneers, no matter what payments have been made, who is not full white who is suffering from any contagious disease or who's not square with his fellow workers. The, that list is in a crazy order. <laughs> it's like, nobody who's not white, also if you will give a smallpox, no. <laughs> and don't have a cough. Yeah, no coughing. <laughs> Two of the most important elements of Lane's socialism were mateship and straightness, honesty. Not straightness. <laughs> but he was Tell in, the truth. Are you white? Yeah. <laughs> he, he wrote, quote, the desire to be mates, the ideal of living together in harmony and brotherhood and loving kindness. If things were once fixed right, we should no more need laws to make healthy men good mates than we need laws to make healthy women good mothers. So he wants oh mates, goodness. bunch what? of bros. That's that. Wait, I so he's it. like, it's a bro. He's going to Argentina, and he's like, we're a fraternity, and I really it's hope be that's bros. where the idea of mateship comes from. I, Is I that hope. where it's from? That's the worst. Like we do all Australians are like, yeah. Ma- I think, like wait, mateship. I thought mateship was a boat. I, <laughs> I think I think this is you guys. I think this is you guys exporting. Mateship to another country. Oh, right. And the theory of mateship is just we're going to be really tight. Yeah, we're going to be really good bros. Really good bros. Yeah, like a fraternity, like you said. Yeah, nailed it. Sober white bros. Yeah, Yeah, sober white bros. (laughs) Sounds really fun. (laughs) Sounds perfect. Come on, we'll. we'll, um, A non drinking fraternity. We'll we'll play Uno. Yeah, yeah. It's the whitest game I can think of. Yeah. All the numbers are white. <laughs> oh my god, a yellow six! Burn it! Burn it! <laughs> uh, so a question arose. This is a minefield. Many, pe- many yeah. people ask this question. <laughs> oh, I wonder what it is. 
Quote, what will you do with lazy men who will not do as much as the others? Mm. Remove them from one branch of labor to another until they reach the very lightest of men's work. Suppose even they pretend to be unable to keep pace with the others. Well, we will put them to work with the women, who will doubtless show their appreciation of the gentleman who has proved to be a failure as a man. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's, that's crazy okay. enough to work, my man. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds perfect. That seems like yeah. an incentive. Yeah. If you don't want to... For you, sure. It'd be like, I'm not working. They'd be like, go with the women then, bud. I'd be like, all right, mate, Chip. I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go <laughs> fuck all your wives. Take care, guys. Raise my boy while I'm gone, too. All of you. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding the women in New Australia, Lane wrote, we do not compel either man or woman to marry, but as an association, we scorn the morbid notion that either man or woman was made to be alone. <laughs> we- Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The laugh of a single I- woman. Oh my God. It really is. <laughs> The uncomfortable oh, laugh. So much <laughs> oh, no. oh no! I'm reading a lot of trilogies. Um, uh, I really am. I had the most single thought I've ever had in my whole life. I was going to a show and I was going by myself and I was early and I thought, oh, it's okay. I've got a book in my bag and I thought, oh, it's like I've got a friend in my bag. Oh my god! Oh, my god. oh boy! Oh boy! And then, and then you looked in and you realized you had also brought your cat. <laughs> Mom, Dad, this is Carl. He's a soft cover book. <laughs> we hold a yes. man. You're doing well. I'm doing, I'm doing really we, well. We hold a man's life incomplete unless he has taken a woman into his heart See? and enthroned her in a home. Whoa, hold- what? <laughs> Get in there! Go make pies! <laughs> throw him into a home? Yeah. What the fuck is that shit? Yeah. This is New Australia. What? Well, there were no doors. So <laughs> options were. Do they have like a moat as well? Yeah, like, yeah, all right. yeah. I don't. You're a woman, so you One. probably can't even jump very well, so I'll just chuck you. Yeah, just throw them right in, yeah. Okay, good. We hold that a woman has lived vainly and without joy unless from Dumb. among manly men she has freely chosen a husband. All right, so now okay. you're feeling it, right? Now <laughs> Okay. the kettle's bubbling. Oh, Upon whom, in all purity and virtue, she can pour out the passionate affection that is in all women's true hearts. Oh. So th- there okay. will be no compulsion for single women to marry. Every single girl who joins us can die an old maid if she pleases. <laughs> Wait, though, aren't that is that contradictory? You want me to read that again? Uh, I mean, That's okay. There will be no compulsion for single nice. women to marry. Every single girl who joins us can die an old maid. That's nice. If it pleases her to be so yes. erratic. <laughs> What? Erratic. That's a long-term plan of anything. But, but aren't we also? Aren't not, we also? Like, oh, I'm gonna die alone now. Like it's a long process that I am on. <laughs> You've always got your book. I've got heaps of books. Yeah, heaps of books. I got heaps of books. But aren't they saying that men have to have a woman to be validated? Isn't that part? And of they're it? saying everybody does, but they're saying. And then they're woman, just also like, also women, woman, you could just be erratic and old. Uh, yeah, a woman if she chooses to to. To die alone Is in allowed. an unfulfilled, That's horrific nice. life. Because nowadays she... we're not fucking allowed to yeah. do that. They needed Tinder. That's what they needed back then. Are men allowed to die alone? Are you allowed to die alone? Are men allowed men. to die alone? Oh. Uh, our so bachelors, our so bachelors will be the finest in the world. 
That means rose ceremony. <laughs> That's what that means. The finest bachelors in the world. Yeah. What does that mean? Strong and honest and manly with the manliness that town life destroys. Will they be manly? <laughs> The girls that will go will be less than human if these men do not win their hearts and make them loving wives and happy mothers. So, it's pretty right. simple. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's You super can simple. be a woman and live to be an, an old older maid. maid yeah. uh, or you can be but thrown into a You'll be less than human, but, but that's fine. But if a guy hits on you and you say, no, you are less than human. I mean, yeah, it's like today. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Yeah. Wow. Paraguay is a country in the very center of South America. Paraguay had a recent tragic history at this time. After fighting for its independence from Spain, the country was ruled consecutively by three of the most abusive dictators in South American history. Then it experienced more than 20 revolutions and <laughs> uh, brought twice to the brink of disaster by international war, fighting off the combined forces of Uruguay, Brazil, and Argentina from 1856 to 1870. The population was reduced from 1800 from sorry 800,000 to less than 250,000 of these survivors 150,000 were women 81,000 were children and 14,000 were men fuck wow that's so where you want to go were yeah fucking yeah that was a fuck party like fuck that, yeah. so they, all their dudes were gone all the dudes no more revolutions we're we're good right so it sounds like we need more men up in this bitch right uh-oh ah. oh no we need more shipmates made ships which one is it? Both. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lane wrote, Over three great continents, our race has spread itself, seeking land to build itself the home which we all desire. Every time we have failed because we carried the social sin that brings poverty, misery, and crime. We are going to live as mates. Ugh. <laughs> he, is this... Is this this is, might, might take a little bit of a gay turn. <laughs> no, but... Okay. And well, I don't at, know, but at, I, at the moment there's heaps of women and children and no men. Yeah, kind but, of. But yeah. he's gonna. So what gonna, happens? Do they like get him to do stuff and like? I don't know. You're leaving early. Yeah. You're not gonna find out. Stop, no. She has to leave early during the show, so uh, she's not gonna know. God, shit. Well done. It's for charity. <laughs> do you you feel hate good about charities. Yourself? Do you feel good about that? After yeah. the show, do you want to go go down to the hospital and scream at some newborns? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> She's doing a, uh, it's a she's doing started. a Tony Abbott fundraiser. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm so you'll not be screaming funny. at babies. It's not funny. <laughs> Eat the onion. Eat it. <laughs> That's the meal they're serving. Everyone's like, and a whole onion, and a whole onion. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my fork? No fork. No, no, no fork. just bite it like an apple. Yeah, like a sociopath. Eat it like Robert De Niro would in Cape Fear. Like that. <laughs> That's what we need from you. <laughs> okay. So, wonderful place. I mean, what do you think went through his head when he bit the onion? Like, he just had to be like, fuck me, that's an onion. Don't make a face. Fuck! Yeah. Don't make a face. Oh, my God, I'm eating an onion. <laughs> or it was just like, yeah. <laughs> Or it was like, this apple's off. <laughs> So, Paraguay was in serious need of dudes. The Paraguayan government gave New Australia their land. In return, the association was, association was required to establish 800 families within four years. They paid 13 
150 pounds for a freight ship named the Royal Tar to the bring Royal Tar. Royal Tar. Mm. Ooh. Not a great name. No. Uh, and it was the bring- Regal Feathers. <laughs> <laughs> it was to bring 200 men, women, and children on an eight-week voyage from Sydney to Paraguay. The settlers gathered in Balmain to await the voyage. You guys know Balmain? Is that a place? Yep, Sydney. It's in Sydney, okay. In almost no time at all, the new Australians at Balmain had divided into two parties, those who trusted Lane implicitly and those who continually questioned him. (laughs) Well, I mean, it does sound like a lie, like, hey, get on this boat, there's heaps of single chicks over there. (laughs) Like, really? Although no one expected the voyage to last longer than 60 days, the ship was forced to take provisions for 130 days due to Australian law. That sounds like like you guys. (laughs) Uh, the fun. final count of passengers came to 220. 43 of the men were unmarried, but there were only seven single women over the age of 16. <laughs> Dramatic car crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we timed that well. That guy did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Lane, Lane spent much of the time in his cabin because he was upset by an incident that occurred the third week out. Oh, uh, this is exciting. This incident concerned Dave Stevenson and Clara Jones, who often strolled the deck in the evening. One day, Lane posted a notice forbidding single women to be on deck after 6 p.m. No, on dick, you mean. (laughs) I think you read that wrong. Oh, right, that's dick. Uh, After 6 p.m., unless accompanied by their parents. This was... Come on. What the fuck is going on? What? What? <laughs> why, are they do- why are they taking more women anyway? They don't need they don't, women. Yeah, those women were probably oh. like, why are we going? It's you like, well, what? we're going to get you lost are in they, the fray. Uh, Guys, you're start like, doing push-ups. You're like traveler women for the trip. I, yeah, uh-huh. oh, that's, yeah, that's right. It was kind of, yeah. It was like travel size. <laughs> This was widely resented. When Lane came on deck that evening, he was immediately surrounded by a crowd of hostile passengers. His response was to immediately resign. <laughs> that's gonna I make quit. you. That's gonna make you feel real fucking good when you're like, okay, great. Now we're on a boat called the Royal Tar, and the dude just quit. <laughs> Things are happening. Well, his resignation was not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> what? They were deterred. Can't do that. They were deterred from uh, from it. Because they didn't want to change horses in midstream, and because what Lane, horses are on a boat? It's just a, it's a phrase. <laughs> it's a phrase. Wait, but that is not a good. <laughs> They're phrase. riding horses like the horses are drowning very fast. Should we change? Oh my God! We should have used a boat. How are you guys doing on the camels? Not uh, yeah. great. Not, not good. Not no, they're all drowning. <laughs> this isn't a river either. <laughs> they were also deterred by the fact that Lane held the mortgage on the boat. Uh, it's a cunt. That's gotta be. That's gotta be horrible when you're like, no, don't, don't resign. Fix. I'm out of here. Clara Jones continued to walk the deck when she pleased. Lane kept to his cabin like a sulky child and came out only on deck at night. He had a special table built near his cabin, which he and his wife dined with a few chosen friends. A passenger recounts a petty dispute about cutlery. Ooh. <laughs> at the start of the voyage, everybody put in what they had to the common mess stock, plates, cups, spoons, knives, and forks, etc. At the start of the voyage, there was more than enough for everybody, but during the early part of the voyage, many had meals on deck, and in consequence, a lot of these things went overboard. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because they're <laughs> eating on the thing, and then the... Oh, okay. Oh, the oh, 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 shit. The forks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
Oh, one of the single like women fell. Single- <laughs> oh, no. It's like this shit we're floating on is moving. Yeah. What's up with this moving floor? We should eat in the middle. We should eat in the middle. Oh, when Lane funny. moved to his private table, he took out the full complement of utensils from our tables to use theirs. When he was confronted about this, it was pointed out to him that more than one half of the utensils had been lost and that they were short now. And he said, quote, oh, you can't expect us to stand the loss if you don't look after your things. Socialism! Uh. <laughs> What a good guy. I don't see how this is going to go wrong. No, no, we're on a good path for sure. The Royal Tar arrived on Monday, September 11th. Royal Tar. In the capital of Uruguay, and Lane went ashore to visit the Paraguay consul. Before leaving the ship, Lane posted a notice forbidding (laughs) anyone to go ashore until he returned. Several passengers announced that they were going ashore in the morning no matter what. (laughs) Several members went ashore, including two women. When they returned... Four men were roaring drunk. Some of Lane's supporters greeted the tourists with cries of scabs. Quickly, a brawl developed. It got to high words on both sides, then to blows, and a few rushed for knives. The women and children... But they'd all fallen overboard. (laughs) I've got a spoon! (laughs) Throw the napkin at him! Throw it! (laughs) the women and children were screaming below and hurrying below, and the men were rushing on deck. Oh, good. One man uh, from the drink was so excited and quite dangerous that he was locked up in the front of the ship until morning. At the general meeting the next evening, Lane offered free passage back to Australia on the Royal Tar for any member who wished to return. There were no takers. Well, yeah, because they were just like, we just were on this we fucking boat here. forever, asshole. The temperance clause remained, but the drinking continued. Yeah. On Thursday morning, September 28th, the colonists reached the new site of New Australia. So funny, like, dick delivery. (laughs) We bring you dick. Penis. We bring you lots of penis. Within two months, there were two contending factions identified as the royalists and the rebels. The rebels were of two types. There were a few who persistently broke the rules, particularly drinking. (laughs) And there were many others who just became increasingly suspicious. (laughs) They just needed to have a drink. Relax. (laughs) It turns out that most of the rebels had come to Paraguay in the hopes of bettering themselves materially. So they're not communists. They're going for a cash (laughs) run. Yeah. (laughs) The royalist Walker Head wrote, the captain of the native police informed us that some of our members were stealing tools and exchanging it for liquor and that one man had (laughs) promised a native that if he could get him a native woman, he he could have one of our girls. Wow. Helen. Uh, I'll give you a brown one for a white one. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't work on two levels for these guys, right? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. no. The rules relating to drinking were fragrantly broken, and one man openly announced his intention to bring a native woman into the colony to live with him. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Patty Lynch. Oh, fuck. Uh. I mean, there's a guy named Patty Lynch. (laughs) And Charles Manning came to blows when Manning accused Lynch of setting fire to some of his thatching grass. And while the fight. What? Uh, That means pubic hair? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What is thatching grass? I think it's it's what you put on the side of your little hut or whatever. Oh, okay. Oh, Have you ever seen grass. Gilligan's Island? Oh, no. oh thatching. I, I totally saw you thatching. sound like you said snatching I heard grass. snatching. <laughs> I heard snatching. <laughs> snatching grass. I heard snatching. Uh, yeah, he's just like, if it was snatching grass, he's like, what do you think you're supposed to do with it? I snatched it. Fucking 
Buddy. It's grass that's grown on the vagina. <laughs> and put and while the fight that. was in okay. progress, Manning was advised by someone in the crowd to take an axe to his opponent. <laughs> and That's someone else in the crowd so was like, far, you're doing well. We're a couple, we're, we're a couple days in. It's going great, you yeah. guys. <laughs> How many did we have, like, two days in? He's like, get an axe. Kill him. John Sabald, who was in charge of the mail, was accused of opening Rebels' letters, and they spread a rumor that one of his, uh, well, the prospectors had four illegitimate children at Aos, all fathered in one night when he'd been surveying the colony. Whoa. Surveying so, yeah, the surveying the colony. <laughs> Wasn't all he was surveying, yeah. <laughs> there's a mate. Yeah. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of grass here that needs to be. A <laughs> lot surveyed. of grass. Lot Time of to play ball. <laughs> so Lane, during this time, spent a good deal of time in the Capitol registering the association, whatever that means. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did it quietly, which led the rebels to believe a land swindle was being done. When he returned to the colony, he was accused of double dealing and deceit and was told that the majority had lost confidence in him. And he offered to resign when the next bast of colonists arrived. <laughs> no, you can't resign. In about two months. Three men, including Tom Westwood, received the following notice. You are hereby notified that you have been expelled from New Australia Cooperative Settlement Association for your persistent and willful violation of the clause in mutual agreement signed by you relating to liquor drinking. Mm. A wagon will be ready for you at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning to take you and your things to the train station. If you remain on the colony after that hour... Or if you return to the lands of the colony, you will be removed by police. One of the men was still in the capital and never returned. Westwood and the third refused to leave. And the next morning, a group of armed police with swords and guns evicted them. Westwood took his blind son with him. So this is a cool group of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> they kicked out the blind kid. Yeah. Oh. They just told um, him he was going to Disneyland, though, guys. <laughs> On Saturday, Lane was presented with a petition for separation signed by 19 men. By the end of December, New Australia had lost slightly more than one-third of its population. <laughs> From what? Axe wounds? <laughs> what? <laughs> 81 people in all. On the last day of 1893, the Loyal Royal Tar left Adelaide with 199 new passengers. They were to have been 204, but two men were denied passengers passenger because they were drunk. <laughs> I'll get it on that ship. There's no fucking spoons. <laughs> Two others decided not to go when they realized that the temperance rule would be enforced, and one man just missed the boat. <laughs> well, that guy was drunk, too, the probably. Guy's, the guy sells his house yeah. and waits around for months, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck! Ah, daylight savings! <laughs> There was more entertainment on the second voyage to Paraguay. The men fished, bet on porpoises racing. <laughs> what? 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 Porpoises racing alongside the ship. They bet on porpoises. Amazing. What would you do? Uh, I mean, I, I, I do it, but not on porpoise. <laughs> yep. I have it's, to go. Yeah. I actually have to That's go. That's actually... She's... Are you leaving on that? That's actually her exit line. Celia! Wow. All right. Did Nick Cody show up? Are you here, Nick? Okay, Nick did not show up, so he's a cunt. All right. So we are using cunt still, just yep. to be clear. Okay. Uh, just on this one, we're in Australia. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, there's Nick. Oh, nope. Oh, is it Tommy? Yeah, come on up, Tommy. Tommy Dossalo! Hey, uh, word is you guys are in need of a dumb cunt. Here I am. Um, uh, a little fact about Tommy. Tommy, uh, his name is not originally Tommy Dossalo. He picked it. He chose that name. Mm. Oh. Thinking it's are we sounded... doing a dollop about Tommy? Why? <laughs> but he a thought dollop? It, he thought it sounded uh, unique. Yeah, and I'm correct. Well, I was correct. Fuck, I'm drunk. <laughs> oh, you're going to fit right in with this voice. <laughs> you can act out some of the scenes. Oh. Do you know, have you heard where we are? Do you know uh, where I, I got here and then I left uh, to go and get some KFC. And, and then oh my God. Shout out to I've, the Colonel. I haven't known him that long, but the number of times he said to me I left to go get KFC yeah. is fucking remarkable. He ate Mike the Chicken. <laughs> All right, so some asshole is taking a bunch of people to uh, Paraguay where they're going to set up a new Australia. Right, okay. And there's no drinking. No drinking. Some of them are drinking. And you're not allowed to fuck uh, anybody who's not white. Yep. And one guy is fucking a non-white, and they don't like him, and he almost got axed. It's a hell of a podcast you guys have got. Yeah. Wait, is this previous episodes of this show, or? (laughs) No, this is today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Wow. Welcome. This is not like Rad Dad. This is... Did you just call it Rat Dad? Rad. But Rat Dad would be awesome. Rat Dad's... Please I do think, one episode of Rat Dad. I think, I think that might be happening in about an hour's time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the men bet on porpoises. Who are oh, yeah, and they're, they're gambling on porpoises. Okay. They played cricket using a ball on a long string. Well, is the, how... Like, the guy... The, the, You'd the bowler's it. just always got it. He's always like, yeah, you're out. Yeah, four. Four on that. <laughs> At night, there were boxing matches on the side of the deck and dancing on the other. After a fight... <laughs> this sounds awesome. <laughs> After a fight between two families, a passenger remarked, we have a very poor-spirited lot of married women, although there are one or two nice ones. <laughs> have them eat near the side, like the cutlery. <laughs> Back in the colony, Lane was very depressed by others leaving and spent hours in gloomy introspection. So he's just like a, a just like a depressed pussy, basically, yeah, right? He's, he's just total. like in like his place, like mm, my idea was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna have like a not drinking, everybody loves each other mate party. I tried to resign. Mm. <laughs> Although his wife had just recovered from childbirth and pneumonia. Oh, Lane- cool. Those those go well together. Lane decided that she should return to Australia on the Royal Tar to enroll single women. You know, like how a pimp does. Yeah. I love that she's got pneumonia and he's like, get on the boat or you could die. Sorry, no, you go. No, go. You're free to say things. No, nothing. Sorry. As their new uh, as the new arrivals made their way to the cel- settlement, they were met in the capital by the rebels, the separatists, some of whom tried to discourage them. And Lane, who had rushed there to try and meet them first, the rebels managed to change one mind. Sixty-year-old William Kempson, who walked <laughs> wanted to go straight back to Australia, and as he was struggling with his bags, he walked right up to Lane and punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, 60 years old. That's like 130 now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Within a week, three men had walked off without a word. The second week, 12 followed. At the main settlement, there were arguments about sharing of cattle, which were being slaughtered one a day. Tongues were supposed to be distributed in turn, but as one settler complained, many of us never saw the tongue. Oh, that's what no. I had just at KFC before. Yeah. Like a, that was also the complaint tongue. of the wives. <laughs> It was the start of the tongue wars. <laughs> During April, Lane and his supporters, 63 in total, now they're down to 63. How many did they start with? They started with 200. <laughs> <laughs> it's going real good. So they decided to start a new colony. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> new, new Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote to his editor of the New Australian, Walter Head, send money if you can. We're starting anyway, even if we have to live on corn. Lane then cabled his wife and asked her to return. She decided to wait 10 months. Yeah. You know what? I'm good here. Yeah. Uh, you go off to your new colony where you're going to live on corn, and uh, I'm going to stay with the kids and eat food and stuff. <laughs> During their last few days together, the two parties came more hostile towards one another. One of the men wrote, At a meeting this morning, Simpson wanted Mabbitt to take his shirt off and settle matters that way. And I took my revolver oh. out. Hey, hey, take it off. <laughs> take it off. Let's buddy. get our shirts off and settle this. We can settle it like mates. Yeah. <laughs> Showing you the tongue. <laughs> Just get our nipples together, mate. <laughs> that really is so homoerotic. You know, he's like, shirts off and we'll figure it out. Little gentle right. kissing and we'll figure it out. All right, let's take bottoms off. All right, really... bottoms off and then we'll figure it out. Okay, I'm inside you. All right, we're figuring it out. It's uh, great meeting you. Jesus, I just figured it out all over your back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, you really figured me out, man. You really, really figured me out, man. Uh. Can I get a beer? Is that okay? Uh, Can we figure yeah. that out? <laughs> what, you want someone to put a beer up your ass? Yeah, cool. <laughs> like a mate! <laughs> I'm starting a new colony. It's called the Conal Colony. Colony. Yeah. Yep. Well done, mate. Cheers, mate. Uh, the crowd was calling uh, each other liars and bastards and such like and saying they would settle things. Now, Lane and the others left on May 12th, 1894, eight months after arriving. So Jesus. it took them a whole eight months for everything to fall apart. On their way to their temporary camp, eight men left. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, this, <laughs> he must be turning around like, wait, weren't we a bigger group? <laughs> we lost two, right? The settlers took uh, wagons and 56 of them arrived at their new settlement named Cosme. 30 miles away from New Australia. Now New Australia had 217 colonists spread among three camps. Most of the original separatists, the rebels, accepted a government offer of land at Colonia Gonzalez, a government colony, but they were neglected after a bloodless clue began to hope and began to hope the Af Australian government would save them. Like they're Wait. like Hey, you know, we just fucking bailed on you guys because you think you're shitheads. Uh, hey, can you help us out a little bit? <laughs> uh, the, uh, they heard the premier of New South Wales was eager to pay them to return and to set a good example for the people in Australia. Okay. You might think that going to New Australia was worthwhile. 25 somehow raised train fares to Buenos Aires. 
the British Prime Minister described them as perfectly destitute. Oh, hi, Beer. Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, yep. look, a little friend. Thank hey. you. Uh, Thanks, man. We are not in Do you have Australia. any chicken for Tommy or no? Just the beer. <laughs> Someone want to go down and get me some popcorn chicken? That'd be great. <laughs> We're not in New Australia. We are in Australia. Um... Uh, so 25 went to Buenos Aires the minister cabled to London asking whether the New South Wales government would pay for passage to Australia and the government said no (laughs) good Uh, more people followed the rebels colony had deteriorated so much that whole families were in danger of dying from hunger but they have corn (laughs) maybe popcorn chicken who knows I don't know if that's under the umbrella the Hollingsworth, with seven children, and the McNamaras, with five children, spent nine months in Buenos Aires waiting to receive some passage money to Australia. For part of this time, Mrs. Hollingsworth was too sick to work. Mrs. Annie Little waited at New Australia with five children while her husband went to Buenos Aires in search of work. But there he lost one of his hands. What? <laughs> I hope you mean a helper. <laughs> <laughs> what were those two last names? Uh, Hollingsworth, McNamara, and oh, Little. Okay. Hollow and Macca. Yeah. 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 Right. Pandering. <laughs> uh, after he lost one of his hands, he went to England. How did he lose his hand? It doesn't say. He just... Look, Austri- uh, 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 Argentina's weird. Uh, you just lose your hands well, I'm not going there. He got a bit too into figuring it out, maybe. LAUGHTER <laughs> A figuring it out session gone horribly yeah. awry. Or he's like, this way it won't feel like me. <laughs> <laughs> this is my wife, my hand. <laughs> this held like a monkey pot. <laughs> anyway, Dave, you were saying? I love podcasting. After, after ten months... After 10 months of no news from her husband, Mrs. Little wrote the Queensland government to ask for help, uh, and there's no further record of what happened to her. Oh, oh, thanks for the fucking ending. One Australian in Buenos Aires died of lead poisoning, another mother of two was left by her husband. So everyone's just fucking off, and it's every man for himself. I don't know this story, but I've got a pretty good feeling about how it pans out, i got to yeah. say. <laughs> I think everything's going to work out yep. all right for these guys. Yep, just got to wait on that letter <laughs> across the ocean. <laughs> Move pretty quick. Uh, remember Westwood, who was kicked out? Uh, he and his son did return to Australia, and despite his blindness, he became a successful violin teacher. So there's one. You got one. Guy that that's oh, it for sure. I mean, he's still fucking. He's still blind. Uh, a blind Washington. violin teacher. That's yeah. a really hard game to crack. Well, not then. I think that everyone. I can teach your son whatever he needs. We're over here. I can teach your boy <laughs> how to play. Where's that violin? Can someone put it in my hand? Put it in my hand, and I'll show you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. It's an orange. No, give me a violin. Violin, please. Are you guys here? Are you guys still in here? Washington Sorensen, an 18-year-old man, was... This is my favorite Australian in the whole story. (laughs) Washington Sorensen, an 18-year-old man, was one of the first separatists to reach Sydney. Sorensen arrived on September 7th, 1894, after stowing away and working his passage for 30,000 miles through Argentina, Chile, Germany, and England... He told the evening news he did not regret the loss of his 60 pounds association fee as he had had whips of fun for his money. (laughs) He went on holiday. (laughs) What a fucking time, mate! (laughs) 
All you gotta do is not follow any rules and you'll have a fucking blast. How did that term go out of style? Whips of fun. Yeah, whips of good. fun. good. Let's bring it back. They bring it back. Everyone tweet about this gig. Whips of fun at the dollop tonight. Whips. <laughs> Uh, now, members of the association were beginning to wonder about their money. It was really? supposed to have been deposited in a savings account. Mm, I bet it was. From which it could be withdrawn when a member uh, was enrolled from migration to the colony, or if the member, deciding not to go, reclaimed the money he had paid. It turns out the savings account did not exist. I'm shocked. The funds had been used to uh, fix up the royal tar. <laughs> Walter Head wrote to William Lane, the association is bung up here, and... <laughs> That's a great letter already. Yeah. <laughs> and the irony of it all is that I will probably go to jail over it. Nice blank position, ain't it? With his wife and children, Walter had intended to accompany members of the new Australia movement to Paraguay. His eldest son, Wally, had already left for Paraguay and, and had not returned. He was in the colonies. So they were, probably, they were probably playing Where's Wally? <laughs> <laughs> Don't they call it something else here? Where's Waldo? Is that what you call it? No, that's what you call it. Yeah. We call it Where's Wally? I yeah, no, the, you call fucking hell. I did the Google you, translation. Go ahead, Tommy. You call it Where's Waldo, and we call it Where's Wally. But why does... Where are both of them? Why does Carl dress like him? <laughs> Someone who's not in the room getting a round of applause. Cool. Um... I don't know. Yeah, he just does. All right, good answer. Because he's got one joke about him, and it has to sync up. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Uh, it's so, so sad when you have one joke about where's Wally. <laughs> so then you have to dress like him forever. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't know where your fucking show is. Well, it's cool, because then girls never want to fuck you. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, so uh, Walter Head resigned and left for Melbourne. Uh, as the, far as the association is concerned, he disappeared forever. He settled in Tasmania, and under the name of Walter Allen Woods, he continued to use until his death at the age of 78. He led a new life, and he was known as one of the founders of the Tasmanian Labor Party, a member of the Tasmanian House of the Assembly for 17 years, and served two terms as Speaker of the House. So you had a fucking guy who everyone thought had embezzled money, and he just left and went to Tasmania and worked in the government. <laughs> We stay on top of shit. Yeah. By the way, when you said that these two ladies down the front row were like, the Tasmanian Labor Party, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> so into it. Yeah. They're the shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the new president of the colony, Gilbert Casey, took possession of the books and had them audited. Mrs. Lane returned to Paraguay, and within a few days of being there, her son Charles was killed when a cricket ball struck him above the heart. They should have used the one with the string. Uh, they should. <laughs> stop that. Oddly, it was bowled by Walter Head. The guy who threw it was uh, like, How is that? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, Lane decided to sell the Royal Tar to cover debts. So now they don't have a boat. Jesus. Uh, rules were changing in the new colony. Groups were now allowed to work in isolation because of so many uh, fractures. Quote, profuse apologies were made for the Burks family. It was not asked to join the Sebald Ragua settlement, but the truth is they did not want the Burks family. Old Armstrong asked if Kiff and me joined them, and when I told him it would depend on where my parents went, he hummed solo and mournful tune, but said no more. That's a great hey, way to I... handle awkward situations. Uh... Da, 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 da. Take care. You want to join the Burks family? (laughs) 
I'll see you around, but thanks. <laughs> the Sabals did not want us at all. We should not have gone at any rate. The inclusion of the Jenkins family alone would have stopped us, and I can't stand the Sabals or Armstrongs. And Mrs. Oh, is one of the nastiest women here. Busybodying, gossip, scandal-loving, loud-voiced, foul-mouthed, ignorant, spiteful, deceitful, and her husband's a brute. <laughs> so things are going well. Yeah. They're yeah. working shit out. The wheat was attacked by rust. It was discovered that two what? men... What? It's a, a rusty thing. <laughs> the wheat was attacked by rust? Not actual rust that you find on metal. It's a, it's a wheat attacking thing. Okay, sorry. It's a, like a bacterial... Uh, Anyway. It was discovered. <laughs> but I bet when you were typing that out, you were like, I won't get called on this. I'll be fine. This will just go under the radar. No one's going to pick up on this. It was discovered that two men, Jack Vince and Bob McLevy, had been rustling the colony's cattle and horses. Vince was taken into custody by the police, and there are no records of his fate. McLevy disappeared with a stolen rifle and a revolver and was never heard from again. The wife of Casey went to South Africa and married Billy Donald. One of the second waivers settled on the royal tar. Casey took a Paraguayan wife, Maria Ant- Antonia Souza. He remained president of the colony, which was still receiving new settlers from Australia. Jesus. You fucking idiots are still going! <laughs> that is terrible. So what does rustling the cattle mean? They're stealing cattle. Okay, I just want so to make sure it was stealing and not, you know. Wrestling it? <laughs> oh, my Getting God. Getting your shirt off. If they, if they Figuring were starting them out. A, a, a cattle wrestling league, it would have been amazing. <laughs> Today, there would still be a Paraguayan cattle wrestling league. <laughs> yeah, there probably is. The PCW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, so, after the cattle... Uh, so, the cooks went on strike... <laughs> The coats? They were like, take us off your back. We're done. The cooks. Not the cooks. (laughs) I heard coats. The coats went on strike. We're tired of keeping you warm. (laughs) Revolution. Please take us off. Uh, After some cattle had been sold at disappointingly low prices, the colony's only steady source of cash was the Paraguayan government, which, hoping to stem the tide of departures, started paying a monthly subsidy of 800 pounds. So now they're in another country on the fucking dole. That's pretty fucking Aussie, mate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One after another, various heads of departments, trustees, and secretaries started to resign and drifting into nearby villages. By October, the colony had almost completed the transition from communal to individual ownership. Cattle were divided up. Each family tilled a separate block of land and sold its own crops. And in January 1897, the assets were valued or sold and their value equally divided among the remaining members over the age of 18. Socialism! Yeah, we got it. Yep. We nailed it! The Paraguayan government gave each colonist 110 acres of land. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they that's how land, fucking, yeah. It's just insane. that They're just a bunch of fuck-up cunts. <laughs> hey, that's just... all of our ancestors, mate. Fucking <laughs> chill out. <laughs> yeah, you can have acres. more land. Yeah, you got more land. You want more land? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Take Uruguay. uh, This was the end of New Australia and the beginning of Nueva Australia with 86 adults and 75 children. They're still sticking with, like, the new theme, though, Now it's all private ownership, uh, personal freedom. It worked out. And no restrictions on alcohol. Oh. Oh, Now, the first three weeks of Cosme, William Lane's new settlement, in July 1894, there were around 16 families, 38 single men and 10 single females. Oh, boy. That's Uh, like... Don't do that math. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's Wait, not, what was it? 38 single men, 10 single 30, females. 38 yeah. men and 10 women. It's like the audience for any given live podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bros. <laughs> the basis for the new association, new association. Common work for common needs. Purity of living to be clean white. No intermixing. Well, at least they're sticking to some of their morals. Yeah. <laughs> and drink to be excluded. It sounds great. So you can't fuck all the tons of single women that are everywhere, and you can't drink. It sounds like a great plan. Two acres of scrub were cleared, and they're planted uh, with vegetables. Forty head of cattle were bought. One of these was killed each week for food, and, uh, and then they made shoes with them. Perfect, yeah. They were never in danger of starvation, but the food became inadequate, and they can no longer slaughter a bull a week. It turns out after 40 weeks, you're yeah. out of bulls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the shoes. Dave, the shoes. Sick kicks. Oh, so yeah, good. yeah. But that's how Uggs came from. They did start a news... They did start a... <laughs> they did start a newspaper. Oh, I can't wait for the title. <laughs> and it was read aloud each night in the dining room. Quote, an eel a foot long was caught yesterday. There ought to be whips of eels in the swamps, and they are good eating. Isn't so that just, just like giving stories. people up? To, yeah, that's just something you should tell people. But you don't need a paper that just one guy reads. There's food in the river! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Front page, an eel was caught. It's a slow day. It really is pretty slow. Another day, another article. Murdered a monkey and shot a bird. I <laughs> would buy that paper. <laughs> Third article, the landlord from hell. (laughs) Charging too much rent and doing nothing to fix the house. Harry Taylor brought home two monkeys today and his relatives devoured the corpses. Oh my God. Monkey, whether it be a low-class lemur or the most intelligent of apes, is indeed a dish fit for a king. If you're on the royal tar, yeah. (laughs) Over the months, the colony's evening paper began to write uh, joke ads, such as, <laughs> Boycott the Chinky and save yourselves from yellow agony by buying your vegetables from a white gardener. <laughs> right. That's a very good joke. That's, 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 Baxter's Shoes, Nigger Tickler Cogs. <laughs> so. I mean, they're good, funny ads. <laughs> Household furniture made on the premises. No Chinaman in the workshops. Fuck. Bada it was boom. so nearly not racist. Yeah, like, it was almost a great can enjoy this. Yeah, asshole furniture. <laughs> That's what every chair is, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we do have a new. Uh, we have a new. Most horrible name for the Chinese, I think, which oh, good. is yellow, Finally. yellow agony. Uh, yeah. That's really, that, you guys really topped yourself. That's chlamydia, that. right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the koalas have yellow agony. <laughs> In 1896, the Paraguayan government officially proclaimed Cosme a colony and agreed to establish a post office. What's going on with the Paraguayan government? They're like, yes, okay, whatever you need. Just they, name it whatever you are. Do your fucking thing. Just stop ch- coming here. They just want sperm. <laughs> they only want sperm. Because it's just all, it's just women. There's like 100,000 women going, oh, someone fuck me. <laughs> How far five? is the flight to Paraguay? <laughs> 
<laughs> so 72 families settled there within two years. In October 1895, William Lane suffered a f- near-fatal illness, almost dying from dysentery. Mm. That's good. That, that's how you know your, your community is going well. Well, I mean, he almost died from diarrhea. Yeah. Deserved. <laughs> As he recovered, he wrote to a trustee back in Australia, Be sure of this. God is with us. It is the truth. I could not have been nursed back to health better. Everybody in the colony is good to me. Another columnist wrote a letter to the same trustee. Lane tried the patience of our nurses, wanted all his own way, and took brandy and wine like a babe does to the breast, but insisted on calling it tonic. So... <laughs> <laughs> the Sydney Bulletin reported that the latest rumor is that the members of Lane's colony are suffering from elephantitis. Oh my god. Do you know what that is? It's when you're yeah, it's when you're shit. Like your balls just yeah. go like, oh, I'm gonna be like an elephant's ball. Well it's not always balls though. I mean when I get it it is. <laughs> it might just be blue balls, Dave. Oh, I took it all back. Uh, it is blue balls. Yep. <laughs> Elephantitis was only your balls always. It would have a different name. Uh, now, there were 49 men, 19 women, and 27 children, 33 bachelors, and three single women. <laughs> Holy so shit. We've lost. We had 40 men and 10 women, and seven women were like, I, I'm out of here. No. <laughs> I don't like my options with all the men, somehow. William Lane then left to go to England uh, to gather more recruits. He did not find any. <laughs> the colony started to go downhill as soon as he left. In October, it started to go downhill? <laughs> it's like they made a new hill at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> in October, a 12-month-old fell down a well and drowned. A man was crushed what? to death in the sugarcane processor. Oh, man. Finally, Wait, a man some what? Good news. A man was crushed to death in the sugarcane processor. Jesus I mean, Christ. That is a way to go. That supervisor's fired. <laughs> that's a hell of a work cover ad, though, for the guy that almost got crushed. Yeah. And they don't have a newspaper anymore that they're reading at night. His last words were, it's so sweet. <laughs> I'm having whips of death. (laughs) (laughs) The local river flooded and one of the three single women left to to return to Adelaide. So now we're down to two women and and 33 dudes. And to Adelaide of all places. What a fucking burn. (laughs) So the river overflowed and she was like, that's it. Or did she just jump in the river and was like, this has to lead to something. Plus, there are a lot of guys with just giant balls, from what I've read. And huge boners, just like, where are you going? No! Well, maybe she was really into the dude who got crushed in the sugarcane processor. Well, he was a sweetie. <laughs> I love you, Gareth. I love you, Tommy. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mates! We shared. Mates. Yeah. Mates. Sorry. Mates. Mate. What's happening? Are you well, saying to mate him? Yeah. Mate with Tommy? Make a new Dossolo. <laughs> we can name the baby anything. Yeah. <laughs> the new year began. <laughs> this is great. The new year began with the arrival of six more adults. Oh, a joy. People are still coming. Were any men? 
Well, I didn't get that part. Well, I'm sure there were, oh, and, and I'm and sure they're idiots. And three children, so three people were like, Eric, this would be a good place for my kid. Let's send our boy <laughs> to hell. Lane was giving lectures in England the whole time, and by February 1897... What were his lectures on? How to be the worst. <laughs> they were like, communism is awesome. Yeah, trust me, I invented New Australia, Nouveau Australia, nothing. And then Lane decided to wait until the end of the summer to return, but then ended up staying another year. <laughs> what a fucking prick. <laughs> he's just off in fucking England, living off the yeah, he's uh, like, association's <laughs> money, like, it's going good down there, you guys, right, guys? You guys having a good time? Yeah, how's the uh, monkey meat? Oh, I'm going to have my tea. <laughs> uh, the newcomers at Cosme did not fit in. Old settlers and new arrivals began quarreling with each other among and among themselves. By September, one man ran off with another's wife, and the whole family left the colony, headed in separate directions. Five men took a leave of absence and never returned. The village chairman and secretary resigned. Once Lane returned from England, a dispute over a pig that was slaughtered and not shared with the entire colony caused even more factions to form. <laughs> By what? June, the total loss to Cosme was 19 men, 8 women, 11 children, a third of their population. So, <laughs> fucking pig. It's not good. Fucking pig ruined everything. <laughs> Didn't share any of the pig around, shit bloke. Yeah. That. yeah. So he came back and then immediately announced that he was uh, resigning. <laughs> Did someone tell him he was doing well? He was like, fuck, you guys, England was great. Uh, I'll tell you this. I came back to say I'm out. I'm uh, good. Seemed like a good plan, though. Uh, he wrote to an old friend, quote, the devil of the labor movement is having to work with dirty tools. To me, this labor movement is trying to build walls of sand against an incoming tide of destruction. It's hopeless. Great. So he bailed. That's yeah. that thing. But, great. Ray, now 38 years old, his wife and his four children arrived in Auckland, New Zealand. Sorry, his four what? Children. I said it weird. Are you sure? They went to New Zealand, and by 1900, he was writing for the New Zealand Herald. His career there was highly successful, and he played an important role in New Zealand public life. From 1913 on, he wrote under the pen name Tahunga. What? M <laughs> Maori for profit. Oh. Come on, that's worse than Dasilo, surely. Like... <laughs> Look, he's, he's, just, he's just a dude who started a colony <laughs> where some people died and everything got fucked up, who then started calling himself a prophet. Okay. After stirring the nation to join World War I as, a, as loyal British subjects and losing a son at Gallipoli, William Lane... Uh, this is did Dave's nightmare. What did I do? Sepos, am I right? <laughs> did I say it wrong? Yeah, you absolutely said it they, wrong. They weren't, they weren't supporting how you said it, Dave. <laughs> how do you say it? Oh, I say it the way it's spelled. <laughs> Apologies. Well, how do you say it? Galipoli. And what did you say? Galapoli. That's not how it's really spelled. got fucking pissed over that. So, you're, so you guys want to say it like there's an I instead of an A. Dave, we're in their land. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Some shit happened there or whatever. <laughs> nothing sacred on the dollop <laughs> we've had a great time in Melbourne you guys were just about to get booked to do this podcast at the Anzac March next week and now you've now you've fucked it right up thanks Dave <laughs> Get the what? Batteries. Get the batteries. Get the oh. batteries. Uh, in Philadelphia, people <laughs> threw batteries. 
Our country's far oh, better. A call to arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whip out the Duracell, everyone. Let's go. Uh, so Gallipoli. Yeah. We hey, love you, hey, Dave. How about the the fucking British were cunts there, huh? Yeah. Oh, you guys went off and fought, and they fucking stayed behind. It's a myth. Uh, <laughs> Dave, you're going to be mayor of this town if you don't watch it. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Yeah. Uh, now I'm calling it Galapoli again. So good. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we had him. William Lane died of bronchitis in August of 1917 at 55 years bronchitis. old. Bronchitis. He had a cough, now he's dead. <laughs> By 1908, nine members remained at Cosmic. Oh, my God. How, at that point, are you not like, fuck it? Nine. <laughs> There's nine guys. They were bidding their time until the land could be theirs. A final <laughs> document, divvying up the remaining land, was signed in August 1909, 16 years after the Royal Tariff left for Australia. Most settled into the life of indi- individual farming, sugar crushing, and timber gathering. Some lived there for almost 30 years. Ugh. Fucking nine dudes. It's eventually, just nine dudes? Eventually, Australians in Paraguay lost identity. Young men of the second and third generations took Paraguayan wives. The languages were learned, and many families became Catholic. In 1917, a member of the Australian parliament asked for help to rep- repatriate those poor white Australians in Paraguay. <laughs> schoolies week. The, the original schoolies week. Get up there, boys. Let's go. Uh, I don't know what Schoolies Week is. Spring break. Ah, uh, uh, Schoolies yeah, yeah. Week. Ah. <laughs> I, I like it, yeah. <laughs> Please come back next year and do a live dollop on the Gold Coast for Schoolies Week. That'd be, uh, that'd be fucking incredible. We'll do it in we Galapagos. We'll Kickstarter now. We'll have enough money within half an Schoolies hour. Schoolies Week? Yeah. I'm not big on your uh, history, but was that. Uh, was Galapagos a Schoolies? <laughs> oh. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> so, we could do I a galopop. <laughs> a gal- a galopcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, you guys you guys really hold on to that one. So uh <laughs> You uh, changed my fucking name. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and and they've tweaked it. <laughs> you got laughed at for Galopoli for one second. You made my name fucking Gary. <laughs> it's all relative. Or Gaza, sorry. Gaza. <laughs> Don't help, Tommy. Gaza. Tommy changes his name by his own... Like, he wants his name changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Very supportive. So the uh, Australians wanted to return the poor white Australians to Paraguay. Uh, <clears throat> the reply from... British authorities in Argentina said no distress exists amongst the families of Australians who have settled at Cosmea New Australian. Jesus. Around 2,000 Paraguayans of Australian descent live there today. Yeah, how you about guys. That? You fucking, you sons There's of There's a lot of stuff in that elephantitis nut bag. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. That was it. Sorry, was that a bad one? Classic. <laughs> here's the deal so people kept sending me ideas and they'd be like what about these convicts who escaped and they'd be like it's fucking awesome this convict 
he escaped and he ate all his friends. How great is that? And then I'd be reading the story, and I'd be typing it up, and then they get to the part where it's like, oh, and then he killed a baby against a tree. And they're like, oh, uh, I don't want to do that story. You and just got to like, frame Here's it as another pro one. choice. Here's another one. This guy escaped and had a great time. Oh, and then he raped a bunch of women. Oh, I can't do that one. So your fucking history is fucked up. <laughs> Wait, is it too late for you to do an entire episode about the history of Hey Hey It's Saturday? <laughs> that would be... That would be something. Is that spring break? <laughs> At times, yeah. It's spring break once a week. Uh, I'm doing a Galopoli one. <clears throat> <laughs> it's amazing they get sadder every time I say it. <laughs> we had 9 11! That's, that's oh, oh, No, fuck! He's get right. the batteries, Dave! Got him! He's actually. He's right. <laughs> we, we didn't ask for that. write for it. We weren't like, no, we, we heard we back. Were, we were like, hey, will you fly a couple of planes in our buildings? <laughs> I missed that sent, part. As I recall, okay, so look. No, no, Dave. Not one wants Dave, an inside job. Dave, 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 David, 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 Dave, 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 Dave. We got to go back Wednesday. Remember that. We're going back Wednesday. Welcome back to the jet fuel can melt steel beams cast. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And there's just fuel tanks in Building 7? Really? <laughs> David, sit down. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good God. We liberated the world. <laughs> we spread freedom on the map. We did. It worked. The proof is in the... And, and it worked. I would also... <laughs> I, I would also like to take uh, a moment to thank the Australians for following us into every really stupid war. I appreciate it. And we got time. your back in the onion battle. <laughs> yep. Don't you doubt it. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we covered 9-11 at the end, so I guess we're done. Eh? You guys all right? Hey, can I, can I ask a personal question? It wasn't as what? What kind of tablet is that? That's oh, a boy. surface. Okay. Why? I just wonder. I'd keep it's your great, eyes on it if I were you. It's great to watch... It's great to watch movies on. Okay. Like an iPad is shaped like a fucking asshole. <laughs> but this is shaped letterbox, so when you watch stuff, it's actually like... So you can't, like... I'm going to get out of here. Orientation? <laughs> Fuck, I've turned into Ronnie Chang. Just <laughs> questioning someone else about their technology. What's with that tablet? <laughs> <laughs> what brand is that? All it's right. pronounced Gallipoli. No, I like it, I like it. I just want to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking know. American assholes You come in here Disrespect the Anzacs So fucking stupid <laughs> Here's a Surface RT Not a Surface 3 It's so fucking stupid <laughs> I don't have an impression of him <laughs> So uh, he appreciates it. Hey, thanks for coming on, Nick Cody. <laughs> hey, thanks very much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tommy. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Why would you not do it? I did it the other night at the... Uh, Why we've would you kissed. not? We're going to save it for the drunk cast. Yeah. <laughs> the eye contact he made with me there <laughs> was right. uh, like he was starting a colony. Uh, okay, so that was probably the most bureaucratic dollop we've ever done. 
but you guys kept killing babies, so <laughs> next time. That was fucking crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all right. Relax. You got anything it's else to say? Uh, no. You want to... Uh, uh, he is so... Yeah, boo. So, fuck you. He is so over that uh, one. It's so fucking... It's like a place where I go to do stand-up. Fuck off. It's like a club. Like, they, like if you, how do you think it... Like, on my Twitter, what do you think that club is thinking? Like, oh, that's normal that everybody just says that all the fucking time. Leave me alone about it. Galapagos! Wow. Uh, I guess the drunk cast has started. You guys, thank you very much. To surface. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.